welcome back to another episode of High on Horror. I am one of your three hosts, Chris, and I am delighted for a, another scary, scary, bloody good episode with my two dudes, Josh and Miles. What is up, fellas? High on Horror! Sorry, I just have to do it every episode. I'm good, man. How are you? I actually feel like we should just start dropping that just like super randomly in the episode. <laughs> Between each transition, just me saying that over there. <laughs> I'm, I'm would, doing... That would save me a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing fucking awesome, to be honest with you. Also, this is a not safe for work podcast, so be prepared for F-bombs. But I am. I just got off my birthday weekend. I just turned 29. Shout out Miles Jan babies. God Jan bless you. Jan babies. <laughs> and uh, no, I had a really, really good weekend and, and I had an awesome birthday present, which was the Scream franchise giving us another one. Another like, one. Another one. Fucking Wes Craven <laughs> would be, I think Wes Craven would be proud of this movie. I'll just say that. I think that it's better than three quarters of his movies, but I don't think he would be proud of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we'll get into it. I, he should be proud of it. <laughs> right? He should be. I just don't think he would be. <laughs> By the way, Josh, hello. Hi, what's up? I'm here, too. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love you, Josh. <laughs> but don't worry. Keep going on about your birthday. I'll just sit here quiet. <laughs> No, I uh, I had a good, really good birthday. I had some friends come in town. Been uh, going out and about. The Buccaneers won their playoff game. I got Scream. I Peacemaker dropped this week. I had mm. all my boys. I had my High on Horror boys. I had my Geek Peak boys. I had the Goon Platoon. Everybody give me love. So for those of you out there listening, I am a very blessed man. Love you guys <laughs> so much. You want to retell that story you told before we started recording? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know what? You know what story I will retell though is uh, I won't say who sent it out of us three, but there was a uh, a porn link that was dropped, <laughs> and it was absolutely hysterical because it's just like butt and gigantic penis, and then like just a it's one amateur one por- for sure. <laughs> One point of view, like from the from the butt down, like with two people sitting on a chair, and this fucking cat just rolls through <laughs> the middle of the shot, like up on the camera sniffing it, and it is absolutely. I mean, if that was not rated X, like that would be all over my Instagram right now. Right? Find, that is so funny to me. Uh, like so that. Good. That became my favorite porn video I've ever seen. Immediately. <laughs> Maybe we can draw. Maybe we can censor it. Maybe we can draw over it. Just put like a I'll little smiley face do. over the asshole. Yeah, it'll yeah, be. Perfect. I'll see what I can do. Have you, have I'll you put guys... our logo over it. <laughs> have, have you seen those porn edits where it's like someone in a porno and then they like mm-hmm. <laughs> like draw over it? Yeah, like a soft paint. Machine. The, the, yeah. Looks like cropped porn, but okay. I love that page. It's so fucking funny. It was my birthday too, guys. I just want to put that out there since the audience has yeah, listened. It it's been my birthday. I'm 31. That's it. I was Miles. hanging out. That's it. I, I, I didn't you. do anything special. <laughs> you did something special because you're here with us, brother. Damn you did straight. a lot special. You just can't talk about it on the show. <laughs> yeah, that happened. 
Um, Miles is in a good place right now. <laughs> yeah. What up, Maddie? Anyway, she listens. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Hey. We got another female listener. Maddie I feel like I've brought all the, the female report. listeners in. Like I, I'm just letting like, hey, you like this show? And all these girls on dating sites are like, I'm going to check it out. So 90% of our female listeners, I feel like, have come from my Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Miles is our street team out there in the, uh, <laughs> the dating streets. I uh, back when I was like on dating apps, like I same kind of thing. Miles, I I had our podcast, the the Geek Peak. This was before we were doing High on Horror. I had the Geek Peak, and I kept joking with my co-host Trent, and I was like, "Yo, our female listenership is going up, bro! Like, <laughs> we're almost at twenty percent female listeners. Let's go!" Between He's like, You're New doing Year's God's and work. Between New Year's and fucking Valentine's Day, man, we it amplifies for sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so th- we got a new Scream movie, guys. Josh, you got to tell your girl that you're going to have to get on Tinder so that you can drop your podcast. <laughs> yes, just for marketing. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that'll go over. <laughs> and Chris, you okay, got to yeah. get on Grinder, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Actually, back to what we were talking about. Before we do that... Quick plugs on our social media. You should follow us on High on Horror. We are constantly posting stuff on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at H on H Pod. Josh is steady killing it with the video game. We have video teasers for all our episodes. We have hilarious graphics that super talented homie makes. Also, if you ever need anything done, Photoshop wise or video wise, you should hit up Josh from Four Nerds by Nerds because my dude, I've been telling him, I'm like, people would pay you for the shit. And he is is kind enough to fucking make our show so much more legit by doing that. I'm I'm on a love fest right now. Also, also Miles has a super dope 3D print shop that he's running. And I have quite a few of his 3D prints here around my house. They are super sick. I got Michael Myers. Like, I got a bust sitting under my laptop. I got a Velociraptor claw from Jurassic Park. He made me a Halo Spartan that is so sick. And, yeah, if you want the dopest shit in the interverse printed, Miles is your dude. Yep, Toast of the Realms. Type in Toast of the Realms on Etsy. My store is going to come up. Type it in anywhere else, it'll probably still come up there, or a podcast. (laughs) So, one of those two. Either way, they're all me. Toast of the Realms. So, upcoming, just to get you all hyped a little bit, we got some really dope episodes coming. We're going to be doing Happy Death Day. We're going to be doing Freaky. We're going to be doing Happy Death Day 2. Is that... Am I right on that? Uh, That'll be a little spaced out. Freaky might be a little spaced out because we missed last week, but uh, we could talk about February. February is about to be litty titty. We're also going to be doing a game. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. No. Litty titty. You shut up, Miles. You roll with it. I like litty titty. I like it too. I just was surprised. <laughs> That's what I call it when I get super baked. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Uh, Miles has made this Dungeons and Dragons game called Fears, which for those of you out there listening who play D&D, you should hit him up for that because the game is super legit. We played a practice run and it was really fun. It's set in the 80s. It is a horror Dungeons & Dragons game. There's a different killer every game. Um, unless we end up 
on a trilogy, which a killer may return. And it's very movie centric. So if you're a fan of horror movies, movies in general, Dungeons and Dragons, you're going to love it. And uh, we've got Tammy from the Nearly Dead duo and also Josh's co-host. We got my dude Brandon from the Geek Peak on there. And it's going to be really, really fun. We had a blast playing last time. Um, so I'm really excited for that one. And then we got some other really good stuff coming in February as well. We got uh, we got some animal horror coming up, right, guys? Animal, animal horror. horror. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that sound so good? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> if, is there Sorry. an evil That's skunk a kraken. movie? That's a spooky skunk. <laughs> <laughs> spooky, spooky kraken. Do we, is yeah. there like a skunk movie? Because like, I feel like we're obligated, like that's on brand for us. We need to find an evil skunk movie. I'm looking it up. <laughs> I know I've told you guys that I don't want to watch as much B-horror, but I would watch a horror movie about a skunk. We You're, should make it. We, we should, should make it. <laughs> I feel like every episode, Josh is like, why are we not making this movie that we're pushing? Yeah. <laughs> Kickstarter, hit us up. We're making movies now. <laughs> Yeah, but there, uh, there's a movie from 2016 called "I Was a Teenage Wear Skunk." <laughs> uh, sold. There it is. <laughs> I, I will. I will watch that. I will watch that. And yeah, we're definitely doing Lamageddon. I'm putting my foot down. It needs to happen. So for Animal Horror Month, we've got Lamageddon locked in. We've got snakes on a plane. We've got crawl, which is going to be yeah. sick. We're going to have our dude uh, Red Fox from Night of the Living Podcast. He's got the hottest takes on the internet coming in to uh, guest on that. He's going to be our first guest on this show, so that'll be cool. So, Josh, what uh, what do you got for our Animal Horror Month? I don't think I remember your pick. Come on, Jaws. Come on, Jaws. <laughs> now we'll save Jaws. Uh, I was going to say Deep Blue Sea, but I don't know if that's what I... I feel like there was one I was like, oh, I think I'll switch it to this, but I can't remember now. Was it Arachnophobia? No, that was Miles. Oh, okay. We'll go Deep Blue Sea. I like it. Hell yeah. yes. <laughs> Deep Blue that's Sea. One of, that's one of my favorite movies. Sharks are like one of my actual phobias. Uh, like I love them. They're so fascinating to me, but I am terrified of shark movies, and I see like all of them, like every every shark movie that's not like a terrible sci-fi film i'll catch like <laughs> i watch the shallows 47 meters down or uh, that's probably and you wrong. live in florida where no, there right. are sharks dude my hometown ormond beach uh they so you know how they like tag sharks with like trackers they tagged this great white from australia that was steady swimming up and down the coast in Ormond Beach. And for a while, Ormond Beach was actually, Ormond, Daytona area was actually the shark bite capital of the world. Um, mm. There's a lot of bull sharks and stuff, and they got great whites that chill in Ponce Inlet, which is like a big surfing area, which is obviously not what you want to be. You don't want to be on a surfboard with a great white because I think you're a seal. Yeah, what the fuck? I'm coming down to visit you soon. You didn't tell me anything. <laughs> well, now I... Now I live, I live on the West Coast now, Josh, so I live on the Gulf of Mexico, but there's a ton more bull sharks on the Gulf, and bull sharks <laughs> are the most like aggressive animals in the entire animal kingdom. You said that like it was going to be good news. <laughs> That's worse. 
I don't I don't ocean for exactly that reason. If you put me somewhere where I'm not the apex predator, I'm not a happy camper. I do not want to be where there are bears or cougars or fucking sharks. Like I'm not interested. Yeah, it's actually kind of insane because bull sharks have more testosterone than uh like a fully grown male gorilla a adult male elephant or a rhinoceros they have like the they have the most testosterone of any animal in the animal kingdom so anyways input fucking it's always sunny in philadelphia where he's like i will smash your face (laughs) (laughs) okay so we've gotten past the preamble we can talk about scream so it's been what 10 years almost 10 years 10 years yeah and here we are. Yeah. Scream five. Time to name it. Scream again. <laughs> they explain it in the movie though, which I thought was actually very like I was like, okay, I now accept your reasoning why we named it a requel instead of like a remake or a sequel. I thought I thought that part was corny as fuck. It they, was. They have but... that part in every single Scream movie, and I'm just like, the 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 this being a movie in a movie thing is like. That's the only part I don't give a shit about anymore. Like, yeah, it was good in the first one, and then I got beat to death in the sequels, and I don't care about it anymore. Just just have it be about there being a serial killer. <laughs> well, just a quick background. So the directors, the, the directing team, um, Tyler Gillett, I think that's the correct pronunciation. He did uh, VHS in 2012. He did a movie called Southbound in 2016 that I've never seen. And then he did most recently Ready or Not in 2019, which is a sick movie. If you guys haven't seen that, I really enjoyed that one. And they talk shit Uh, on it in this movie. It's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, we're going to get to talking shit on movies in this film because there's one part that I was like, I was ecstatic about. (laughs) And I'm sure you guys probably know what I'm talking about, but, uh, for those of you who haven't seen Scream 5, we are going to be talking major spoilers, so listen at your own risk. Um, yeah, turn it off now if you don't want to hear spoilers, because we're about to go hard. So, we don't have to go play-by-play for this movie, but I do think that we should go play-by-play for that opening scene, because one of the best parts about Scream, in my opinion, is always the openers. Like, they always just destroy those openers. Hold on. And while I agree, yes, we're going to do that, I need to explain my experience watching this movie, which was I went at 1.30 on a Saturday thinking it would be fine, and it was full of fucking idiots, and I happened to be sitting next to a bunch of chuckle fucks who thought, oh, everyone wants to hear my commentary on this movie. So, like, through the whole opening scene, they're making jokes, and I literally, like, looked around the people I was with, because everyone around me was like, can they just shut the fuck up? And no one had balls. So I literally just looked around, and I went, hey, can you guys please be quiet, because we want to watch the movie in peace. I just leaned back in my chair and they were just like, jeez. And you know what? They didn't say another fucking word the whole movie. So don't be afraid to tell people to go fuck themselves at the movies is my lesson. Miles, so, there was no witnesses. You could have pumped that story up so much more. Well, that's the reality of the situation. Like, I puffed my chest out and I was like, make a move, motherfucker. I pulled my dick out and I <laughs> stuck it in their popcorn. No. <laughs> like, yeah, I... I don't understand why you go to a theater in order to talk. That never has made sense to me. 
Like I could understand it when I was literally 13 years old, but as an adult, shut the fuck up. They were like 50 year old women. It made me so mad. Anyway, (laughs) the story keeps getting better. (laughs) Um, I will say, sorry, this is going to be a minor tangent, but my, so Brandon, my co-host for geek peak, uh, his best friend, Travis, they went and saw Harry Potter, deathly hallows part one. And my friend Travis is like always on a hair trigger. Like he's not like actually insane or anything, but like he's the type of person who will go from zero to 100 immediately and like freak out over the most minor shit. And people <laughs> that were sounds like an insane person, <laughs> like verbally, I guess is the best way of putting it. And uh, so people were like, people were talking through the whole movie and he had suffered through it. And then the scene with Dobby came up and someone was laughing and Travis turned around and was like, can you please shut the fuck up? Like yelling it in the theater. And I, that, that memory lives rent free in my head because I think it is so funny. Cause he's like getting teary eyed and like about to cry. Cause Dobby's dying and he just fucking goes off on some random <laughs> spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched Harry Potter. Jeez. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Snape kills Dumbledore. Oh my God. That's been eight years. That's not long enough. <laughs> so the opening scene of scream, we really got to knuckle down here. We were fucking 20 minutes in and haven't even started. I had a movie theater story. <laughs> Let's hear it. Hear it and throw it at me. <laughs> I have one at the end too. Remind me to tell me tell you what happened after the movie was over. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad l- let me and my brother skip school to go see Beavis and Butthead do America. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and when the movie started, the audio wasn't working, <laughs> and there was a dude in the audience that just happened to be able to do both voices perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so he started like to voiceover in the movie, but being like, "The projector's not working. This sucks." <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. But yeah, something happened to me after Scream, and it was a... I gotta make sure I tell it at the end. Okay, I wrote it down. After the movie. Okay, so opening scene of the movie, we get... uh, Well, how did you want to introduce it? I'll let you lead it, Chris. Still using landlines. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. It's Um, 2022. (laughs) So we get Tara. uh, She's introduced as kind of our drew barrymore for this scream rendition um she's by herself she's hanging out she's texting her friends saying come over um come you know drink some licky with me and uh her mom's out of town and she gets a phone call i love the conversation that they have where she's talking about elevated horror and explaining you know like how horror has evolved the baba duke uh, and shit <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this is very much a conversation that we would have on this show. Um, Mm. You know, she mentions Hereditary, (laughs) Babadook, It Follows. The Witch. I love The Witch. I love all of those films. We Um, couldn't disagree more with what she was saying. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Uh, oh, the Babadook's a a metaphor for a a relationship between a mother and daughter. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I want to see people get slashed up. This movie delivered. I will say, okay, so I really like the Babadook. Um, and, but like what I like about it is kind of what she was touching on. Like horror has now evolved into a drama with like 
a drama background, but then obviously still have the horror elements of gore and jump scares and things like that. And I'm really liking where horror is going in general, like in the past probably 10 years or so, uh, where it doesn't have to be like jump scares every 10 seconds because like that just, you get desensitized to it. And so like, for example, antlers, right? There was one really, really good jump scare in that movie, and it hit home because they had, they were very selective about it, which I'm I'm appreciative of, you know. And and like in Hereditary, right? Like, there's not a lot of, we'll call it action. <laughs> there's not a lot of action except for the the telephone pole scene, and then at the end though, like the shit that does go off the rails is so insane that it like stands out much more than had they had like jump scares throughout the film. So, yeah, well, the jump scare, they're starting to use jump scares appropriately now. Like, the problem with the Scream franchise a little bit, and it happens differently in this one, but it is a lot of like bullshit jump scares. Like, oh, it's just my friend standing next to me, but I didn't see her there. And it's like, but the music swells up like some, they're about to get their fucking throat slit. And it's like, yeah, that's not a real jump scare. You just made a loud noise and switch the camera angle real quick <laughs> like the it's like that in this movie but more to just it's just fake out music it's a parody. The music keeps swelling like it's gonna be something and a couple of them went on a little too long where i was like all right we're doing like like six fake outs in a row like let's fucking get to it already it's to the point of being satirical which like if you really love horror movies i think that's like i mean i i personally thought it was hilarious like a movie that just as well can scare you legitimately when you're like, oh shit, I didn't expect that. And also make you crack up at them being so on the nose about stuff. Like that's one of the things that I really loved about this movie. Um, And I just think terror could be uh, a lot more like efficient. If you like at least show the killer walking around in the background, like stalking, like they don't every like jump scare doesn't have to be, they're right there, and that's when the kill's going to happen. Like, if yeah. you're cutting that many times to the what's behind this person, like, have them sneaking around and shit, and then you don't know when they're going to jump out. That's why The Strangers is so effective. The scene with Baghead lurking in the background is, like, one of my favorite horror scenes of any movie ever because it just sets the tone of just, like, tension through the entire rest of the film. Like, we could have barely even seen the killers the rest of that movie, and I still would have been terrified of Baghead because it's like you know that he's somewhere. Um, Quietest floor in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so back back to Tara for a second. So she uh, she's texting her friend, and she gets a phone call on the landline. God bless the landline. And um, so she answers, and um, <laughs> I love how she has like this whole conversation with quote unquote Charlie. Uh, who's in her mother's, you know, support group or whatever. And, uh, he starts asking her about scary movies, which, you know, when that, when that line got delivered, like, what's your favorite scary movie? I'm like, Oh yes. Thank you. I'm glad that we're back. Like all the fan service. Yeah. Ghost Ghostface talked a lot more in this movie and I liked it. (laughs) It was good. Yeah. I like, I liked the long drawn out conversations between this person who, you know, it isn't their real voice. (laughs) Did they use the original dude's voice as the voice changer? Same guy in every single one. Yeah. (laughs) So good. And, uh, so Tara reveals that she's never seen any of the stab movies and, uh, 
he starts to elaborate on the beginning of the first stab film, which is identical to scream the original scream um, where a girl is at home by herself and she gets a phone call and she starts talking to the killer. And I, I really liked the, the tension that this set um, because like while it was meta, it was still pretty scary. I thought um, I thought they did a really good job in this scene. So she hangs up and then she gets a, she texts Amber and is like, this guy's a fucking psycho, blah, blah, blah. And then the phone rings again, and then she gets a text from Amber, and it's like, you should answer that. Which I'm like, ooh, Ghostface 2022, baby. <laughs> Got that. Got technology on it. <laughs> Got that tech know-how. Um, so it becomes apparent that he is like cloned or hacked Amber's phone, and uh, then she is forced into a stab trivia game, which uh, was, was fun as an audience member to play you know, in your head. Um, and, uh, he also sends her a video of him outside of Amber's window and is like, I'm going to fucking murder the shit out of your friend if you don't play this game. And so she's, she's answering the questions and I love how she Googled the answer for the cast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love the fake casting of stab. Yeah, it's like Luke Wilson, <laughs> David Schwimmer. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, Tara fucks up and leaves out a crucial player from the original Woodsboro killings, Stu Mocker. How are you gonna forget him? He's feeling woozy here. <laughs> you hit me with the yeah. phone. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been better if that was like a, a clue, but it was it wasn't. Stu's not in this movie. Spoiler. Yeah. Um so Tara is going to run and try to save Amber uh because she gets the last question wrong and opens the door and there is our good friend Ghosty ready. Ready to pounce. And this is where shit hits the fan because he stabs her. And uh, she ends up like forcing him outside and locking the door. And she's got this fancy security system that she's using her phone to lock the door. And it's just like a back and forth, like lock security system unlocked, lock security system unlocked. And it's like, dude, you are in the worst possible situation right now. Uh, And he gives her a bonus question. He says, do you think I was able to get inside your house while the doors were unlocking? How do you not say yes? <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, you're probably in this bitch right now. It's hard uh, to talk about the scenes of this movie without jumping right to the end, which I think we should do is just like talk about the fact that like we know who the killers are and like in hindsight what this movie means. Because if somebody hasn't seen it and they want to watch it like beat for beat, we shouldn't just do that. But people who are listening to this have seen the movie. So like, was it, what's the guy's name? Was his, uh, what's the, the main bad guy's name? It wasn't uh, him. Richard. You don't think so? No. I think it was both of them. No, I, I, I don't think it was him for this one um, because of the location. Like geographically, he was in a, yeah, he was, uh, what's her sister's name? Alice, Samantha. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I think it was home girl. Um, and 
Correct me if I'm wrong, but Homegirl was Amber, right? Yeah. Yeah, Amber looks like Ezra Miller in a wig. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say she wasn't bad looking for a young person, but that's fine too. No. Oh my God, that is hilarious. Exactly what she looked like. So, like, the actual stab scene here was gnarly. Like, when he breaks her leg, oh. Yeah. that's That's, like, one of the most brutal scenes that we've seen in Scream, period. But also, like, bullshit. Like, you know how big you'd have to be to break somebody's leg when it's not, like, on something to where you could, like, snap it in half? You know what I mean? Yeah, to get the leverage. Like, her foot needed to be elevated to be broken in half. Like, it was just on the ground. And we find out the person doing it to her is like a ninety-five pound girl. Like that's not that's not gonna happen. She's built like a linebacker, apparently, based on all of the physical feats that she accomplishes through this movie. Yeah. Well, it's like, what is she wearing? Shoulder pads and fucking six-inch lifts. Like anytime she's ghost face, she's like six-two, and then in real life, she's like five-four. <laughs> I honestly, for me, I just like completely suspend any disbelief when it comes to whoever is in the Ghostface costume because, like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, part of it is like it could be anyone, even if it's someone bigger or smaller. Like, you you can definitely do things to make yourself look taller. Um, yeah, I so- mean, they even pointed out in the movie, like, oh, this franchise doesn't have a Jason or a Michael, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't. Which does kind of suck, because it's like, how many times can we keep fucking doing this? Or <laughs> it's different people. I love the whodunit aspect of it, though. I think that's so fascinating, and it and it adds like a layer of like intrigue to every movie, because like no matter, even if they recycle some of the same kills or same kill types, like I'm always like, who could it be? You know, and and I think that's one of the reasons why I love Scream so much is like you never really actually know who it's going to be. I kind of wish that they had made this into a trilogy and where you don't find out who the killer is until the third one. That would be cool. If they make another one, they should not reveal who the killer is. That would be a really cool twist. The rewatchability of it though is like, okay, I know who the bad guys are now being able to watch it and differentiate between the kills who did which one is also like in the first one, the the main guy was way more effective at killing than the other guy was. The other guy was yeah, clumsy Billy. and he kept fucking up and everything. So it's like with this one, they kind of I feel like they took it away because they both are like kung fu fighting linebackers who can fucking pick people up with knives. Yeah, Go- I feel like Ghostface was also the most fall downy he's ever been in this fucking movie. He was pretty fall downy. <laughs> it, it makes sense a, though. A injured girl in a wheelchair throws a IV stand at him, and he fucking eats shit onto the floor. <laughs> <laughs> like you even should have been able to swat that thing out of the way. She's got a fucking hole in her hand. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, speaking of hole in her hand, uh, Ghostface stabs her seven times, one of which is in her hand, through her hand. Uh, Gore, yeah, best, f- best final girl ever. She's a tough motherfucker. She gets yeah, attacked like is. nine times in this film. <laughs> Dude, the, I felt like the gore in this movie was definitely elevated for me. It was amazing. It was amazing. I think we can all agree on which kill was the best, but we'll get there. Yeah. I- I really liked the fact that the 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 opening sequence here for once the person didn't die. I thought that was a really cool twist 
because yeah. they always die immediately. I, it turning into where like she actually revived, especially with how brutal it was. I was like, holy shit, she lived through that. <laughs> she fucking stabbed through the hand. Oh my god, that would hurt. I liked the nods of the character names to famous horror uh, icons like Samantha Carpenter is her last name. Obviously, John Carpenter reference. And then Wes being a main character, Wes Craven. I thought that was really cool. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so obviously everybody finds out about uh, the attack on Tara. And then we get introduced to Richie and Samantha, which is Tara's sister. Uh, they get a call from 13 Reasons Why, a.k.a. Wes. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he tells her, you know, your sister got attacked. Um, Samantha's like, I'm going to go back to Woodsboro. Richie is like, I am coming with you. Also, she's also popping pillies. Was she popping? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's like got... Popping antipsychotics. Yeah, she has very clearly... That's the one part of this movie that I felt like was completely unnecessary was her having like mental health, not mental health issues, but like her having hallucinations. They wanted to bring the original dude back. They wanted him just to be and like people to go, oh, it's the original dude. So they like they fucking ham fisted that shit in hard. Yeah, they could have totally left that out because I didn't ever feel like it played into the story, even at the very end. Like, you didn't need Billy Loomis to be on screen at any point in time for her to do what she did at the end of the movie. Well, it's also one of those things, like, it ha- they do it in a lot of movies. She wouldn't know him as looking like that. She would only know what he looked like from, like, pictures, not him at the end of Scream covering blood. <laughs> like... Yeah, so then we meet the new crew at Woodsboro High. Um we got Wes, we got Amber, who we've already talked about, and then we've got the twins, Chad and Mindy. Uh, Mindy I, is my MVP character of this film. Love her. I think she's fucking awesome. Drove me crazy trying to figure out who she was. <laughs> is she the, uh, the expert? I was just talking with Sean about this, and he's like, I just blew Josh's mind about yeah. where she's from. <laughs> Sean she from, from? She is Miles Morales's girlfriend in in the main villain of the the Spider-Man Miles Morales game. Mm. And I couldn't figure it out because I didn't think to think of a video game from where I knew this real human's face from. And is this the expert girl or is this the girl with the crazy hair? Yeah, the the twin, yeah. The expert, yeah. Okay. She uh she's also in Yellow Jackets. She's she's a really good actress. I like her a lot. Up and comer. And then we got Liv who is like for all intents and purposes, completely irrelevant to the entire story outside of being a red herring. Yeah. Um, And uh, so they cancel school. We get Sheriff Judy is back in the fold. Uh, She's now sheriff now. And uh, that's 13 reasons why his mom. Yeah, she's thick. Yeah, she is. And uh, I like the little nod when they're at at the house uh, before Wes gets picked off. Um, where it's like lemon squares are in the fridge, which is something that she always was bringing to Dewey to try to win his affection over in Scream 4. Uh, Oh, is she the character from... uh, Yeah, I haven't seen 4, so I didn't know if she was... Oh, dude, yeah. Okay, we're going to have to do 4 sometime because I... Okay, tangent again. I actually think that 4 might be my favorite besides 1. Oh, really? I think so. It's it's between that and 2, 
But like, I actually really liked what they did with four. I thought it was really good. The only thing that I didn't really like was the very, very end because it just got like a little like out there. It just kind of got a little crazy. Um, but, uh, the sheriff lady is also the girlfriend from bubble boy. <laughs> with Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I recognized her face. Uh, then we get Vince Schneider, uh, who is the summer romance for Liv, who is the completely irrelevant character we mentioned earlier. Um, you know, very, very nineties Nirvana looking motherfucker. Uh, and yes, he's literally just there to be kill fodder. Um, and they said something about him being related to Stu, but I couldn't, I didn't catch what they said cause they just kind of flew by it real fast. He's like the nephew, I believe. Um, yeah, the math also doesn't line up either for these characters. Our main character, Sam, is, she's like we said, she's Billy's illegitimate daughter. So she would be 25. <laughs> making, And then they, as they make it a point to say that her and her sister are five years apart because she was eight when her dad left and the older one was 13. So she would be 20, but she's still in high school. <laughs> The only thing I could say is like I think this movie was delayed two years from dropping, but even still the math is still a little off. Yeah. But um so everybody rides to the hospital to go see Tara. Um Richie and Sam are en route and they have a really fun conversation about movies they've never seen. Richie's telling her that he's never seen Stab before. Um and Samantha's like, You gotta you gotta know about Stab because that's like based in my hometown. Yada yada yada. Um, they show up at the hospital. Tara is fucked up, but still alive, still functioning. Um, and right off the bat, when Amber was being like really standoffish to, um, Sam, I was like, this bitch, the killer, (laughs) this bitch, the killer, uh, so, you know, some people are stoked to see her again. Yeah, like, you know, it's it's kind of traditional high school. Oh, we had a falling out, that kind of bullshit. Um, and then um, even Sheriff Judy is like, why don't you just get out of here? Because apparently Sam was a troublemaker. Um, her and Tara make amends. And Richie's like, I will stay here at the hospital with you um, to, you know, just to support my girlfriend. So then they go to a pool hall, which I'm like, what pool hall is letting 18-year-olds in? <laughs> <laughs> um, and Vince rolls up. He's trying to hit on live again. I liked that uh, Chad, I believe is his name, the twin. I like that. <laughs> what did he name his biceps? Uh, Hobbs and Shaw. i really like chad i thought chad was fucking awesome he was great he was definitely Um, a suspect for most of the movie but i had jack quaid nailed right from the get-go i was like oh that's a bad guy because he's built like the person you saw in the fucking opening scene of the movie i have been saying that it was him for (laughs) literally the trailer (laughs) the first trailer dropped and i was like that's the killer yeah hands down (laughs) Um, so I felt a little vindicated on, uh, on that, but, um, yeah, so they, they almost get in a fight. They get kicked out of the bar. Uh, Vince goes to take a piss on the side of the car or side of the building and his car gets turned on and is revving up. Um, 
And then we get a very unceremonious end to a character that we know nothing about. A little switchblade action in his throat. But it was filmed beautifully. Oh, yeah. The shots I were I thought the sick. framing and stuff, and especially like the music anytime uh, Ghostface came into like shot in those type of shots. Or like when he enters the hallway later and he's like looking sideways the whole time. Like they is this different type of music and I just thought it was I'm like, wow, this is really cool looking. It made him feel more like a horror villain, like icon. The new and less of a like who the fuck is this guy under the mask? The new score is really, really good. I gotta give it to I, I don't know the composer, but the, the score for this movie is awesome. Um So yeah, so he dies, uh and I actually thought he would be like have more longevity because i felt like he was one of the red herrings of the of the series dread herring excuse me and um so next uh back at the hospital we've got sam who's taking her anti-psychotic pills uh she starts talking to billy loomis don't really care about that subplot at all honestly you could just cut that out entirely and the, the movie would still be on point uh she answers and the killer claims to know her secret, which as audience goers, we still don't know yet, but you could probably start figuring it out. And then Ghostface jumps out from behind the door and attacks her. Uh, I did like the like her use of the chair to fight him off. I thought that was like a very practical <laughs> and realistic kind of like way. Like I'm sitting there thinking like, dude, I would be using anything and everything to fight off someone with a tiny knife. You know, like it's not like they have a fucking machete or a chainsaw she hits him with a table though and it's like <clears throat> it's like a life alert commercial so like, i've fallen and i can't get it like he just goes down and he stays down like for a while when she hits him with that table and it's like you slid it so easy he could just slide it back like i don't i don't know that <laughs> that didn't really do it Go, for me that's kind of the problem with ghost who's <clears throat> falling down so easily all the time. It's like, just jump on top of him and rip his fucking mask off. Like, even if he gets away, at least you know who the fuck it is now. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so, yeah. Like, uh, this girl's been gone for six years. You don't know she hasn't learned fucking Krav Maga. She, what if she just kicked the shit out of him? <laughs> <laughs> so, she runs out. She escapes uh, closely and lets judy and the deputies know that the killer is inside the break room and they go in and the back door is open so the killer escaped i i thought it was interesting that the killer was even able to get into the hospital completely undetected but i think that's one of the charms of Ghostface. Is like you go in anywhere you want as a normal person and then you just don the uh don the cowl and you just get lucky enough that nobody else happens to walk in or it's walk in while you're putting this costume on. It's very, very carefully planned. <laughs> I sound wink, like wink. I'm shitting on this movie a lot, but I fucking love this, this movie. This was pretty good. Was awesome. <laughs> but like, okay, um, so the scene where he's trying to kill her in the break room, do you think he was actually trying to kill her? Because like Randy Quaid was there and like they kept calling him Netflix because his alibi was flimsy. But like if he Jack wanted Quaid. to... Jack Quaid, I'm sorry. He he would have definitely. Quaid. Like, I wish Randy Quaid was Randy in this Quaid. Movie. You know. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Either way, this 25 year old dating 65 year old Randy Quaid. <laughs> but yeah, um, like I feel like he wasn't actually trying to kill her. He was just trying to spook her. That's why so a, that a slidey was... table was able to knock him out of commission. Yeah, because it couldn't have been Amber because she was getting uh, interrogated. 
Right. And it was like perfect timing. He was right there. He watched her walk away and he's like, well, let me just put this on real quick. Yeah, I think he was just toying with her. Again, like his motivation was to make the perfect movie. So like you don't want to kill the final girl. Ain't got no cameras in this hospital. (laughs) Yeah, unlike any hospital I've ever been in, there's an entire floor that is private and (laughs) there aren't 95 patients in 82 rooms. Like, I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense. Speaking of things that don't make sense, uh, so Sam levels with Tara that the reason that she bailed on her family and left her sister behind was um, she found her mom's diaries that revealed that her father was Billy Loomis. And uh, so she's the illegitimate child of Billy Loomis. Hence why we're getting all these. um, I won't even call them flashbacks, hallucinations of someone that again, she would not see him in that way, but uh, she was basically directly responsible for her mom and her dad getting a divorce because she like confronted her mom and didn't realize her dad was in the room. Um, and that's when he bailed. And then Tara's yeah, like, what a piece of shit. Like the other one's still yours. Yeah. <laughs> and then Tara's like, get the fuck out right now. Like she's like so pissed at her. And I'm like, that was a part where I was like, this is totally just her being a teenage girl. You know what I mean? Like that, that didn't make a lot of sense in terms of like what, what bearing does this even have? You don't even see her mom the entire movie. Yeah. It was weird that they didn't, they weren't like, and this is her mom because they were like, Oh, we don't have any stars left over from the first one. It's like some Charlie Brown shit. Um, but yeah, so they, like miles alluded to, uh, they arranged for Tara to have a private floor because, you know, Ghostface obviously has infiltrated the hospital already. And, um, she tells Richie that they need an expert, Sam, that is, um, and they go and seek out Dewey Riley, which God bless David Arquette in this film. He's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, um, living in a piece of shit trailer. He's been kicked off the force. This guy's sister's ashes on the mantle. Divorced, no longer with Gail Weathers. Did were they married in the fourth one? Because I haven't seen the fourth one. No, they were just dating. They were together though. Yeah. yeah. Now they've now they've been married, and that, it seems very out of character that he would have just left and like I need to be in Springwood. I actually don't even think they were together at the beginning of the fourth one. I think they get back together. Um, just because like, again, career, like she's, she's pushing on in her career and Dewey is a small town, small Dude, town soul. David Arquette got fucking jacked for this movie too. Have you guys seen that? Like, well, no, he's been fucking wrestling. He went back to professional wrestling. Did he? Okay. Well, <laughs> he does all these like hardcore matches and shit. Cause he wanted to redeem the fact that he was in WCW around the time Ready to Rumble came out, and he was just like handed the world title, even though he couldn't wrestle at all. I feel like so he's just... like, I'll go back and I'll wrestle for real this time. So now that I'm almost sixty, <laughs> you might as well have just been talking about anime, bro. I have no idea what anything you just well, said. It's means. not all about you, Miles. The fans, <laughs> the fans know the WCWs. <laughs> Fuck you, Miles. <laughs> Sorry, I just didn't. I didn't even know he was a wrestler. But that's like a whole can of worms we probably shouldn't open because we're just gonna spiral. <laughs> There's a documentary about it. <laughs> really? Huh. Yeah. Cool. 
<laughs> so the the next thing that we get is a Dewey. Once he finds out what's going down, he calls Sydney. Um, she's not in Woodsboro anymore. She has three kids. She's married. Uh, he's like, don't come back to Woodsboro no matter what. Uh, he's like, do you have a gun? She's like, I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I have a gun, <laughs> which I appreciate it. And then he sends a text to Gail, which I thought his text conversation was funny. Uh, Ghostface back. Uh, hope you're doing mm-hmm. well. Smiley face. <laughs> yeah. Don't come here. <laughs> yeah. Don't come here. Um, and then Dewey wasn't going to help them, but you know, has a change of heart and gets the old sheriff's six shooter and his badge and joins the teenagers where we get the meta conversation about horror in its, uh, modern form. Um, which there were parts of this conversation. I really liked. There were also parts that I was like, okay, like this is so explanatory. Like how dumb are horror fans watching this? Yeah. That don't have any understanding of what the fuck is going on. Well, it's also, it's the deliver. A lot of it's the delivery and like this whole franchise up to this one, uh, was written by like uh the scream screenplay and stuff like this wasn't created by Wes Craven he just directed them, uh it was written by Kevin Williamson, who he also wrote like the Faculty and I know what you did last summer, uh he was like an executive producer on Halloween H two O so he was doing all these but he was most known for creating Dawson's Creek, and there there's literally a clip of Dawson's Creek in this movie, <laughs> and. The dialogue in this entire franchise has always been very Dawson's Creek to me, to where the point it's like, people don't fucking talk like this, especially teenagers. They don't, (laughs) this is not how people communicate with each other. But it, they even show that clip of, it's weird they show that clip of Dawson's Creek, because in that clip is the guy from Scream 3 that is the killer in Scream 3. He was in that episode of Dawson's Creek. (laughs) Very, very meta. I also liked that the, uh, they had like a home theater set up and they had a sign that was like the Randy Meeks home theater memorial or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like my boy, Randy getting some love. And, uh, we yeah. find, we find <laughs> yeah, out the Mindy. twins are Randy's niece yep. and nephew because they're, uh, Randy's sister and her apparently missing black husband or baby daddy. Like he, people are just missing all over the place in this movie. Charlie Brown, bro. <laughs> But they're all like kissing their fingers like one up to Jesus for about Randy. It's like you two never even met Randy. <laughs> Died like six years before you were born. I love Randy. I'm glad that they gave him, <laughs> gave him some love. I um, liked this conversation because if it's like if they're doing a reboot, all these young people have not seen the old Scream movies. Like I've seen them each maybe once or twice, except for four. I, have, I might have seen it once. Like, this is not my favorite franchise, but I felt like it was an effective way to get the new, the Gen Z people up to speed on what the fuck this franchise is. They're like, this is meta. We talk about horror movies. These are the horror movies you know, you fucking nitwits. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was really well done as far as, like, from that perspective of, like, let's bring people into the fact that this is a meta franchise and they need to understand in terms they understand, like, we don't just talk about Friday the 13th from the 80s. We got to talk about the Babadook. We got to talk about It Follows, all that shit. So, like, I feel like that was the real strength of this scene was that it wasn't for us. It was for them. <laughs> that would have been great if Ghostface turned out to be some sort of fucking demon ghost. In this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, I thought it was interesting they brought up, you know, it being a requel and... uh as we kind of mentioned about the Halloween films and um, 
I'm sure there's others that are escaping me right now. Fucking but like Suicide other... Squad, <laughs> like everything that has the yeah. same name as the last movie. But yeah, so I, my favorite part of this conversation is when they mention the director of Knives Out did Stab 8 in it. It's like the most de- divisive film in the series, <laughs> which is a direct <laughs> nod. And they even talk about toxic fandom, and it's a direct nod to The Last Jedi being a piece of shit. <laughs> They show a clip of the movie, and it's a guy that looks like Vin Diesel in a sleeveless shirt with a ghost face mask on, carrying a flamethrower. I was cracking up. Also, did you guys catch that the the YouTube channel that they were watching was Dead Meat, which I don't know if you guys watched that, but like Dead Meat does like recaps of horror films and does like kill counts, so he'll like supercut all the kills together. Um which I mean, I've used that for research on the Geek Peak and also on our show um, when I haven't had like time to watch the full movie, but I want to make sure that I am like aware of who dies and what order and how they die and shit. And uh, yeah, so I again super meta. Like they're bringing a lot of horror elements and just like everything in the horror community community that they can throw in uh, in here, which is really cool. Honestly, I thought it was a little lame to be like the the fans are the villain of this movie yeah. fans are ruining cinema there's nothing <laughs> wrong with these movies they're bad because people are just bitching too much <laughs> so, and then it's like don't you understand we love these things why are you ruining them yeah toxic fandom is definitely a thing like that they aren't wrong that it exists and it is affecting how movies go but it also like it like there's merit to toxic fandom but toxic fandom is also like just accept it that it's good like it, just because it's not what you want doesn't mean that it's not good like the last jedi is the best star wars movie ever made and no one wants to admit it i'm just kidding i'm looking at your faces and it's hilarious <laughs> i was like I don't even want to open that can of worms. Yeah. If this movie has taught me anything, it's that I can get away with killing you for thinking that. <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom. You guys keep talking. With- you won't be coming back. I'm not ready, <laughs> So, yeah, uh, at this point, you know, they're, everybody's accusing everybody of being the killer um, in this little powwow that they got going on. And uh, really no headway is made outside of establishing that a lot of these characters are connected to others and establishing establishing that Mindy is the modern day stew in uh, the Scream film. Um, let's see. We also that's where we find out that Vince is the son of Stu Mocker's sister um, and Sam rages face because she's accused of being the killer pieces and she has another hallucination of Billy and almost gets into a car accident and dies, but uh, does not. Again, unnecessary. Also, hi to Hank the Podcast Cat. What up, Hank? <laughs> um, so this is probably my second favorite scene of the movie. Um, Sheriff Judy is ordering dinner for her and... Uh, 13 reasons why she's going out for sushi and yeah so she goes to get sushi for him and while she's on the way she gets a phone call because her son Wes is in the shower and it reveals that he's watching Wes and he makes a allusion to um, psycho 
which, you know, obviously shower scene, very famous. So she's hauling ass back home. And this whole time I thought she was going to get like broadsided and killed like from a car accident, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like an accidental death would be the irony of it. Literally, I actually thought that was what was going to happen. And I was like, damn, and that's like seeing a ghost face just sitting there and be like, wow, she really doesn't care about her son. Where is this bitch? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Judy gets back home. She's texting and calling him, freaking out. Uh, she thinks her son's about to be murdered, which she is. Um, but she runs up to the house and right as she gets to the door, Ghostface jumps out broad daylight and stabs her like five times. Yeah, I kind of call bullshit on this scene. Like nobody saw that. I was like, yo, Ghostface getting bold. You just screeched up in front of your house with your lights and sirens on in your SUV police car. Like, your neighbors aren't looking out the fucking window watching you get stabbed in your front yard. <laughs> like, it was cool to see, but I'm like, gee, they live in the suburbs. Like, six people could probably, like, hey, you know, if someone's not walking by, walking their dog. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a good daytime kill, though, in horror movies. I think that it, like, for whatever reason, daylight feels safer, right? So I thought that was, like, cool in the sense that it was unexpected. Um, but, uh... It was powerful, this- too, because, like, the stabbing wasn't, like, all the stabbing in this movie wasn't, like, stab, you're dead, like old school horror movies. It was like, ow, you got stabbed, you're fucking bleeding, but you're not dead. So, it just happens over and over. And they fucking, like, it was brutal, her laying in the sunlight on her fucking sidewalk, just getting stabbed over and over. Like, the, the kills in this movie, especially the next one, were pretty realistic and awesome. Yeah. You know, the next one. The next one's my favorite. So, what? well, Miles, why don't, you, why don't you run us through it then? Okay, so we get a bunch of fucking fake outs. Like, a bunch of fake so outs. So many. This As, is what Josh was talking about earlier is, with yeah. the fake outs. Yeah. The, if they you want to watch a, a moment by moment of a man setting a table for two. <laughs> suspenseful music keeps going off. <laughs> he like comes out of the shower, suspense. He goes downstairs, suspense. He starts to get food out. Oh, no food. Lemon squares. Suspense. Like it's just this constant suspense. <laughs> and it, like it doesn't end until he goes to close the door. He doesn't look out to see his mom bled out on the ground. And uh eventually Ghostface comes up behind him and stabs him through the neck, but it's like a realistic neck stab because it's not clean straight through the center. It like goes off to the side and just like slips through his artery. Like, Oh, it was so good. It comes out the other side. And as he, as he like slides down the wall, the knife moves accordingly. Like it was perfectly done. Like it really happened. Also, like I loved that, you know, like they had built up that he had mace and a taser and like you know, his like last ditch effort to try to like not die was him trying to get his hand on that taser to, to fight the killer off. I just thought like this scene as a whole was so sick and very, very realistic. Like the gore was on point. Like, what would you do? You know what I mean? Like there wasn't one thing that he did that I wouldn't myself do if I was in the same exact situation, which is the best kind of horror kills. And, like, he is on the face of the marketing of this movie, like, on TikTok and everything. Everything marketing 
that's not just commercials and trailers. He is on the face of it. He's like, do you guys know I'm in this new Scream movie? So I was like, okay, for sure he's going to be the bad guy. I didn't even know that Quaid was in it. And uh, so I was like, oh, he's the bad guy before I like sat down. And then they showed him and I was oh, no, that's the bad guy. But yeah, like seeing him get stabbed in the throat, I was like, oh, there goes all of my theories from the beginning of this <laughs> process. And his kill is by far my favorite kill in this movie. Most definitely. I, I'm 100% on board with that. I think that that scene is just like so well done. And, you know, like the one thing that I left this movie wanting was I wish that there had been more of kills like this. Like... I will say, like, you know, the continuous jump scares that didn't follow through in this scene were a little frustrating. I think they worked for this scene alone. They couldn't have, like, replicated this over and over again because everyone would have been pissed. It would have been, like, but, Final like, Destination. <laughs> yeah, but I would have liked to have seen more just, like, one-on-one -on -one ghost face, like, hunting people because, you know, that's why we're all there. So, um but they delivered in a big way on uh, 13 Reasons Why's death. So You keep calling uh, him that. I know him as Jack's son from Lost. In the last season, <laughs> he has a son, and it's that guy. I was like, this kid's going to be something. And apparently, he's 13 Reasons Why now. <laughs> <laughs> he's just such a crucial character in that show. Uh, anyways, so police are investigating the crime scene. Dewey and Samantha roll up and find out that uh, Judy and Wes are dead. And then we get a news van. And guess who it is? It's Gail motherfucking Weathers, y'all. A plastic yeah, yeah, woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very plastic. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah, gotten yeah. so much work done. Holy shit. She's, She's a lizard destroyed woman. Destroyed her face. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't move to the strongest breeze. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she's like, or I love that Dewey is like, I told you not to come. And she's like, you sent me a text. <laughs> she's about like slapping this. him. And <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, oh yeah. Never like, never let a crisis go to waste. Uh, because obviously she's there for work. Um, which I, you know, is very on brand for Gail. Um, she mentions that she doesn't write anymore. And then, uh, Samantha notices that the Asian deputy, I'm looking at his name. I don't think they ever actually say it, but Deputy Vinson. Um, he's at the crime scene, and that means that Tara... <laughs> that scene was ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Why are you here? Who's watching my sister? And he's like, well, I heard about the sheriff. It's like, yeah, you did the right thing, dude. Your fucking boss was just murdered in the front <laughs> yard. Like, you have more important things to be doing than hanging out with some teenager. <laughs> <laughs> like, the hospital's got security. There's real shit going down. <laughs> So yeah, Samantha's like, I gotta, I gotta get back to my sister and Dewey joins her, which I thought that like little inter interaction that they had was fun. Um, and she's like texting and driving and I love like the divide between like the Gen Z and you know, the, what is it? Gen X, I guess. Is yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Should you be texting while you're driving? <laughs> I, I, I thought that was great. Um, and then we get that Dawson Creek's, Dawson's Creek scene. Tara's watching in the hospital. She hears a noise in the hallway, calls out. No one's there. Also, they moved her to a private floor. Bad fucking move. Um, so she gets in the wheelchair and 
again, she has a hole in her hand, so she's like, yeah. <laughs> she's in a wheelchair, but like can't even pedal the wheelchair. Like she can't roll yeah, it. Me, me and Tammy saw this together, and we were squirming this entire time. She's Ugh. like having to push herself in a wheelchair with a hole in her hand. Like gauze, it keeps getting bloodier and bloodier. Ugh. Yeah, it was tough to watch her do that. Um, but yeah, so she rolls up and she rolls up to the counter where the other deputy was, and he's dead. He's been stabbed in the throat uh, or throat slit. And so she realizes that Ghostface is on the floor with her. She hides in a closet, tries to call the police. And uh, at this point, Richie walks in and she fucking nails him. <laughs> she fucking wails on Richie. And he's like, what the fuck? Uh, very like Stu Mocker, like you hit me with the phone. Yeah, it's dick. exactly. It was a reference <laughs> to that for sure. <laughs> um. And then um, once, like once that actually plays out and they have that conversation, then Ghostface rolls up and stabs Richie. It, she just and, slices the arm, and the guy goes down. And he's like, "I'm unconscious now," and it's like, "Oh, it's a hundred percent." He's in on it. Like you yeah. don't just get knocked out because someone slashes your arm, and you're like, "Like, come on yeah, now!" If, any, if anyone ever gets slightly injured, they're in on it. Right? <laughs> he sacrificed that arm for the greater good. Um. So I yeah. thought this part was fucking great, though. Like just that scene of Ghostface walking out of the room, like staring sideways. Is that you've seen in the trailer? Mm-hmm. I think that is like so fucking creepy and so perfectly shot. I love it. Who did it better, Halloween Kills or oh, Scream? Evil dies tonight. <laughs> evil dies tonight. I actually think I would Scream say did this it better. Had better hospital sequences than than Halloween. Hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> Nobody and, was telling this injured woman that she shouldn't want to protect herself from a murderer. Dude, that would have been really funny if they were just like Evil dies tonight. Right? Mob rushes up into the <laughs> private floor. <laughs> Yeah, this this whole showdown was really really sick. I mean, um so Tara is slowly wheeling towards the elevator um and Ghostface calls Sam and is like who's going to die, Richie or Sam? Um she's begging blah blah blah. Turns out it's a ploy. They were she was stalling for time. Dewey pops out of the elevator, shoots at the killer, gets away. And then uh, they get Tara and Richie back onto the elevator. But Dewey puts five into Ghostface's chest with a fucking revolver. And I love the not today reference to like, I'm not getting stabbed again. <laughs> and he beat the like, shit out of her. You got to shoot him in the head. I forgot you got to shoot him in the head. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it was pretty clear like that. that- it wasn't the it wasn't Quaid. I can't remember his name in the movie because like fucking Dewey was throwing this bitch around. He was just like, Mm-mm, no fucking way. Like it was actually realistic that he was able to semi easily overpower this little girl. What if she had? What if Sam had been like, yeah, kill kill Richie? Like Ghostface could have got a guy to her bluff called. Well, then Ghost, Ghostface could have been like, well, I'm going to kill the person you told me not to. That's true. Um, but yeah, so Dewey goes back. He leaves the elevator. He goes back to p- 
put an end to Ghostface. And the elevator goes down. And this is where we get the most impactful death of the entire film, in my opinion. Um, Dewey is no longer with us. Dewey don't got got. Two knives, two stabbers. Yep. And they gut him. Like, she she guts him real good. Which, yeah, it's later revealed that it was, well, we know it's a girl because Richie was there. But, like, uh... Yeah, she like picked him up off the ground. Like it's like no, you wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, that was t- that not. Was- this is not a women can't do thing. It's this girl's like five two. She can't fucking <laughs> pick up a two hundred pound man. A wrestler yeah. that some WCW shit. How are you gonna pick that guy <laughs> up with knives? Knives are sharp and they slide. Yeah, if Dewey had had a steel chair, your ass would have been grass. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so dewey goes down um and i then, saw this coming i I was like i feel like this is dewey's last run in this movie from the trailers and everything else yeah i agreed he looked tired <laughs> didn't do we need a time off for sure uh and then gail shows up to the hospital finds out that dewey's been killed sad moment for her and then we get sydney prescott rolls back up because she also has heard that dewey has died and um, at this point, uh, Samantha is like, let's leave this town, period. So her, Richie, and Tara dip out of the hospital. Um, Sydney's like, are you sure you should go? And Samantha's like, uh, we're fucking out of here. So Sydney also somehow knows that she's Billy's daughter. <laughs> she's like, hi, Sydney, I'm... And she's like, yeah, Billy's daughter. It's like the fuck <laughs> how do you know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh they end up they're leaving town um so sydney puts a tracker on her car on richie's car um in order to follow them and her and gail are following them uh as they're heading out of town tara starts to have like a panic attack basically because she does not have her inhaler um And then she remembers she left one at Amber's house and Richie is like, we should not go back to Woodsboro. Like we can like just fucking get over it. And again, a really good, uh, really good, you know, little distraction there. Cause I was like, I'm pretty sure this is not pretty sure this is not the killer, but he, (laughs) (laughs) but he probably is. Um, so they show up to Amber's house, which turns out to be Stu Mocker's old house, uh, which another great nod to the OG. Uh, and there's another serial killer living in it. What a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will what say. Are the, what are the odds? <laughs> I liked that she became a, she became like radicalized because she lived there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's true. The um, message boards corrupted her. <laughs> <laughs> so big party for West. 13 reasons why. Um, and Amber goes down in the basement. I love this scene where uh, Amber goes down and she gets cornered by Mindy. And then neither one of them are the killer, but or actually, Amber, never mind. One of them is a killer. But uh, yeah, I thought they were going to be secret lovers. I was waiting for them to start kissing because it seemed like that's where the tension was leading. Yeah, the, the stupid loud people next to me. That was the ne- only time else that they piped up. They're like, they're going to kiss. And I was like, nobody wants to hear you speak. <laughs> 
I will kill you where you sit anyway. Well, I was one of those people in the immediate next scene where she goes upstairs and says she's going to get baked and probably fool around with this chick sitting next to her. And I was like, I called it. Yeah. She is a lesbian. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really like the basement scene there. I thought it was fine. They're, they're talking about how, like, very meta conversation about, like, you shouldn't go down to the basement by yourself. You shouldn't follow me down to the basement by yourself. Uh, and so on and so forth. So every conversation um, in the third act is like that, though. Like every conversation is just like, but what if you're the killer? Hey, can we go have sex? I would, but what if you're the killer's like clue? I don't blame <laughs> him though. I would definitely not. Even with my hormones raging face, I would still be like, no, I'm not going alone with you anywhere. I don't give a shit. Like the one person that you could feel confident that it's not the killer would be your twin sister. That twin intuition. Even that, I feel like I, I was kind of hoping it was going to be the mom and the twins. And like, they were getting, uh, like they wanted to kill her for being Billy's son. And like the fact that Jamie Kennedy got killed. Also, I wanted there to be a twist that there was a third killer for once. That would have been cool. I would have liked that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so after Chad is like, yo, I'm not having sex with you right now. I don't want to die. Liv leaves super pissed, unreasonably pissed, in my opinion. Uh, people are dropping like flies. You're going to get mad at this guy because he doesn't want to die. <laughs> I feel um, like the line where they're like, he goes, oh, thanks for leaving the cup. I feel like that was improv. Like that was put in there so strangely <laughs> that they're like, no, but we got to put that in there. He said, thanks for leaving a cup. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, so then Chad goes outside and uh, he picks up like a candlestick or something, something heavy. And he's trying to find Liv. Uh, and <laughs> he is using like find my iPhone or whatever and walks up on where her phone is. And he's like, no, nah, fuck this. I'm out. And then he still gets stabbed in the leg, uh, fights off the killer, runs, and uh, we get a really cool scene where the killer is rolling up on him using the phone tracker. Uh, he tosses his phone in the woods, makes a run for it. But I loved that scene where the killer bursts out of the shed and sprints yeah. after him. I thought that was such a cool shot. I thought it was cool. He was trying to put his password in on his touch screen, but his hand was covered in blood. So it like it wouldn't work. Yes. And he's like desperately trying to shut off his location. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because they had already like had a conversation earlier about sharing their location together. And it's like, yeah, this is going to come back to bite you in the ass, dude. <laughs> it was weird, though, that they had radar. It beeped louder and faster the closer they got together. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm. like aliens. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so the, uh, the killer is going to murder Chad, but thankfully Sam, Richie, and Tara roll up. Uh, at the party at that point. So, Oh, I jumped the, the gun earlier. Sorry. The killer leaves him for dead. <laughs> uh, they walk inside. Amber calls off the party. Um, and this is where uh, we get that great improv line from Richie. <laughs> Thank you for leaving the cup. Um, and so Liv comes back uh, and Mindy's like, yo, my brother went looking for you. I'm pretty sure you are the killer at this point. Liv's like, if I was a killer, why would you say that? Because now I have a reason to kill you is the gist of the conversation. Um, 
and Amber and Tara go to get the inhaler. Richie goes down to the basement to get more beer. Love the scene. Thought that was hilarious. Such he, a weird thing, though. He's like, Mindy, will you come with me? And she's like, no, absolutely not. Like, what? you're driving, homeboy. Like, what do you need a beer for? <laughs> you're in and out here. <laughs> like, that is a good point. Everything about this scene was just like, did you figure out that he was the bad guy yet? Because we're just putting one more clue that's real obvious in front of your face. Also, it's a little weird for her to be like, hi, I'm a grown man. You, underage person that's in high school, do you have alcohol I can consume? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he was like, I'll be right back. And then they like both just laugh. <laughs> he's like, he's like, ah. Uh. Um, so, yeah, uh, Sydney and Gail roll up to the, the house. They they recognize that it's Stu Mocker's old house. Um, and this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie that's not a kill. Mindy watching Stab, where Randy <laughs> is watching Halloween, unaware that the killer's behind him. And Randy's like, Jamie Lee, the killer's behind you. And then Randy has a killer behind him, and she... Mindy is like, there's a killer behind you, Randy. And then she's got, it's like layers and layers and layers and layers, Mm -hmm. which I just, I like the whole time I'm watching this, I was just cackling to myself. I was like, this is, this is awesome. Um, so Mindy finally turns around and realizes shit's about to go down. He stabs her. Um, actually he doesn't stab her yet. Uh, he, she's able to fight him off without getting stabbed. I think she gets slashed and uh, Sam rolls up, scares the killer away. And then Amber and Tara come back. Uh, So we've got like almost the whole crew together. And uh, Amber accuses Sam of being the killer. Richie comes out of the basement (laughs) and uh, they're all arguing about who, who the killer is. And they're like, it's gotta be live. And then, Amber goes, that's right. She's not the killer. I am. And fucking shoots live in the face. <laughs> that was a pretty boss am a little dis. I'm always a little disappointed in the screen movies where they switch to guns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it happens in like every movie. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like, but it's realistic. Like if you're in a situation where we got seven survivors and it's time to reveal that I'm going to start stabbing people. Maybe I should just real quick get rid of a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. It was a little unceremonious. Um, and it almost makes me feel like maybe they should have added another 15, 20 minutes to this movie and had a couple more single kills earlier on. Um, but uh, Sydney and Gail pull up. They hear screaming. Amber runs out faking that she was stabbed Sydney and Gail are like that's a trap and then Amber (laughs) shoots Gail in the fucking appendix (laughs) and uh, Gail is like basically dying and she's like Sydney go inside kill kill Amber (laughs) kill everybody (laughs) yeah kill every single person in here thank god she was made of plastic diverted the bullet right out Sydney's just shooting doors. <laughs> Gail <laughs> starts leaking syrup like a Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so she leaves Richie in the basement alone. She finds Tara tied up in the closet upstairs, and then she shoots the one guy it. in the leg when she's uh, shooting yes. through doors. Yeah, yes. yeah, that was weird. She's just walking through the house, shooting through doors, and it's like. 
There's a there's a whole room on the other side of those doors. <laughs> like, what <do> you, <laughs> like, there's not a very good chance that you blindly hit something. Yeah, I feel like they were just like, we got to get Sydney back in to be like the badass heroine. And what's more badass than her shooting doors? I mean, you could kick the door open first, <laughs> take a little peek. Um, she gets a call from Ghostface saying that, uh, like talking about the second killer. And I love that she just like hangs up on him. I thought that was funny. She's like, I'm just tired of this bullshit. I'm over it. And, uh, yeah, she ends up hitting Richie in one of the doors. Um, and then Ghostface attacks and stabs Richie. And, uh, then Ghostface throws himself and or herself and Sydney over the banister. So they're both all kinds of fucked up. Uh, Richie is limping down the stairs to try to grab the gun. Samantha shows up and is like, thank God you're alive. And then boom, little Billy Loomis situation. Stab in the gut from Richie. We always knew it. Jack Quaid. I knew you were the bad guy when the first trailer of this movie came out. I called it. <laughs> I always knew. It didn't matter how many times you tried to throw me off the scent. I always knew that you were going to be the killer. Um, And then, yeah, so everything kind of just starts to, like, unspool at this point. Uh, we find out that the second killer is Amber. And here's where it gets a little funky. Uh, Josh, do you want to tell the listeners what the motivation of these killers were? It, yeah, it was that. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's <laughs> stab eight was so bad, <laughs> and they are super fans who love the movie so much. So there's no better way for that franchise to continue than to create more real life events because they're none of the stabs after stab four had been based on real events. <laughs> they had all been made up. So they were like, we need a new new murders to happen in real life that are great. So there'll be more movies made <laughs> that'll have great stories. <laughs> <laughs> because it's important to fans like us. And why can't movie companies see that? <laughs> when you say it like that, it sounds dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Toxic Fandom is the real villain of this uh, of this film. Um, so yeah, then we get... <laughs> at this point, it becomes less of a slasher whodunit and more of just like a, like action movie, I guess. Um, the exposition so. dump is so fucking long, though. Like, I felt like it just dragged when they're like, now let's bring the girl in from outside and tell her the story, too. And it's just like, can we please just move on to the part where we all start killing each other again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out why they didn't just, like, start executing people. Well, every, every single person in this final scene is grievously injured. Yeah. Yet then at some point goes on to act like they have not been harmed whatsoever. <laughs> and Mindy is just MIA. Like, we don't even know where the fuck she is. She's not even in this scene at all. Which one's Mindy? The the twin sister. Oh, I think she had been stabbed at this point. Oh, okay. So she's down, but she's not dead. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, <laughs> then we get a fight scene. Uh, well, we get Tara... Um, who jumps out and attacks um, Amber and Samantha is fighting with Richie. 
and that gives Sydney and Gail the opening to try to tag team. A little wrestling term there for you, Josh. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they they tag team Amber and uh, I love like Amber is like oh my god please I'm sorry it was just an act blah 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 and then like the moment she gets like the upper hand or so she thinks like again goes back to being a killer and then loses the upper hand she's like I, I was corrupted by online message boards please don't hurt me yeah she Sydney tries to grab a knife so Amber stabs her in the stomach <laughs> didn't see that coming Sydney rarely gets actually hurt. Yeah, and then they um, they, so douse they crack her, her <laughs> crack her over the head with a bottle of hand sanitizer, which looked like gray goose. It was also glass, and it was like, why why not just have it be gray goose? Is it this is a COVID thing? It's a COVID thing. Yeah, <laughs> the, all the fucking thing. booze bottles that have hand sanitizer in them now. And she was like gooey for the rest of the part that she played yeah. in the movie. Like, who has hand sanitizer in like? gigantic glass container <laughs> they sell them at the booze store down here yeah a lot of a lot of distilleries and stuff do like uh hand sanitizer now down where and I'm she at. goes fucking hand sanitizer <laughs> <laughs> and then uh we get and they flip the stove on and, and we get an amazing scene <laughs> where she's burning alive <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, so they shoot her. She falls on the stove. She gets lit on fire. And then we get, like, the true final showdown where uh, Sam is fighting Richie. Um, I love how he's like, Dewey was spot on right from the beginning. <laughs> Always look at the love <laughs> interest. Um, and then uh, we get another forced Billy, halluc- Billy Loomis hallucination. Um, <laughs> where he and, gives her the nod. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and Sam has a final girl line, don't mess with a daughter of a serial killer, and then stabs him like 15 fucking yeah, times. Yeah, she stabs the shit out of him. It went on surprisingly long, and he still wasn't dead. It was yeah. fucking so weird. I was like, he'd definitely be dead. Jesus. Stabbed him in the heart like six times. What about my ending? <laughs> Those are his last words. Yeah. And then the I love how pro murder Nev Campbell and Gail Weathers are in this movie. Like they're just whipping out guns like, Yeah, we're gonna kill this person. Call the police? Absolutely not. And, and then they're like they're standing over this dude who's been stabbed thirty times and they're like, Which one of us is gonna shoot him basically? <laughs> they're like, They always come back, you gotta shoot him. So fucking Sam grabs the gun and just shoots him like four times. <laughs> Yeah, she's not messing around. I like her as a final girl. I think she, I think she's pretty badass. Uh, and then we, you thought Amber was dead after she got shot and lit on fire with hand sanitizer, <laughs> but no, she runs at him or runs at them full Burning Man status, and Sam shoots her in the head, kills her. No, what's her name does? Little one does. Tara does oh, and Tara. goes, I still like the Babadook better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the fact that fucking, they, they set Amber on fire in the kitchen, which is the next room over. And then we watch this whole scene of Sam fighting, what is his name? Richie. Baby baby Quaid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like that scene goes on for like five minutes. And as soon as she's done stabbing him like 30 times, those two just like nonchalantly come walking out of the kitchen. It's like, you didn't come give this girl a fucking hand. Right. (laughs) 
They were trying to put a serial killer who was on fire out. Well, one of them's been shot and the other one's been stabbed, and they don't act like it at all. They just walk out like everything's fine. Movie <laughs> Me would've... and Tammy were laughing our fucking asses <laughs> off. We're like, you gotta be shitting me. <laughs> And then they they cut to them outside, and people are getting loaded into ambulances, and the two of them are just sitting on the tailgate of an ambulance, and an EMT literally goes, your vitals seem good, you're all right, I'll be right back, and walks off. It's like, she's been shot in the fucking stomach. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how that works. Yeah, so we're, we're at the conclusion of this film. Um Chad turns out to be alive. Mindy is still kicking. Uh, Tara obviously is alive because she dropped that Babadook line. Sam's still there. Richie and Amber are no longer with us. And Gail and Sydney are still hanging in. Uh, Sam has a nice little moment with Gail and Sydney. Uh, and then kind of cuts to Gail and Sydney mourning Dewey. And uh, Gail mentions that she will not be writing a book about this one because she does not want the killers from this film to be memorialized in any way. Um, and she says that she thinks she might write a book about Dewey and the kind of guy he was, which I thought was a nice close. And then, uh, you know, we got the reporters that are going on about the, uh, about the murders at the end of the film as per usual. And then we get a really nice... Uh, in honor of Wes Craven tribute at the very end. And that is Scream, a.k.a. Scream 5. And we get new yeah. legacy characters because the expert girl survives and the jock guy that got stabbed in the leg survives. Yep, which I would definitely like to see all of the new characters they introduced that survived back in another Scream for sure. Yeah, I think this this has kind of revitalized it. I think I would like to see, I don't know, I think I'd like to see Nev Campbell and Gail go away, like, because yeah. I don't really want the franchise to get to the point where Sydney ever gets killed off. She's been she survived so many, like, there's just no point to killing her off. Like, what was it H two O where they kill Jamie Lee Curtis in the opening Res scene? Yeah, resurrection. Yeah, they kill her off, and, and nobody was happy about it. Like, just just forget it. She doesn't live there it. anymore. Yeah. Just fucking, it doesn't matter. <laughs> But where would you like to see a sequel go? I, ever since we got that picture of Matthew Lillard in the back of the car, all like scarred up and shit, I haven't been able to get it out of my head, and I was really hoping this movie was going in that direction where Stu's still alive. But I kind of would like to see a sequel where he's like on death row, and maybe he's got some sort of like cult like followers out there that are doing his bidding or something. A.K.A. subreddit. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not super into this franchise in general, but, like, the I, the legacy characters did not, except for Dewey. Dewey should have been the only one from the former franchise that was still in it. Maybe just talk to Nev Campbell on the phone and be like, I'm not coming. You know, like, that would have been fine. She didn't need to, like, it was cornier with her in it than it would have been if she had stayed out of the situation. So, like, I'm in agreement that, like, well, at least that's how I feel is, like, we have new legacy characters now. We do not need to bring the old school ones back again at any point, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think this was like a good sign off for, for the OGs. And uh, I don't know. In terms of like a sequel to this, I, w like, I definitely want to see the, the people who survived this you know spree come back. Um, I would like to see three killers potentially. 
Um, and I think that they're really going to have to kind of figure out a clever way to keep us off the trail of who the next killer is going to be or kill killers. Uh, because I was pretty spot on, on out of all my predictions. I was like, okay, it's definitely these two, even with everything that they did to try to throw you off of Richie. So I'd like to see, you know, something, uh, inventive in terms of trying to not let you know who the bad guy is in the first act. Yeah. I would, yeah, I think the best way I would like to see it is like we talked about earlier is make a trilogy and don't tell us who the killer is till the third one. That would be rad. I think that would be a really good change in formula for them. Like, and just let it be one person. I don't even give a shit if it's just one person. Like, yeah, formula. Yeah, formula is the word. This, these movies are all a formula. They make a point to say we are a formula. Then they go, "Oh, are we going to break the formula? Are we going to do it?" Nope. Like, break the formula. Like, there's no reason to just stick to it and like try and pretend like you're gonna and then not. Just do it. You know? Yeah. Throw throw all the all the meta stuff out and just make a good like slasher movie. Like, throw all the like. Because the rules and shit, they always kind of force them in, and it's like, it doesn't, they don't, they're not really to live by. You know what I mean? No one's established enough to tell who's a virgin and who's not, and fucking all this other shit. Like, yeah, Wes was definitely a virgin and still died. And those rules were garbage in the first place. Like, one of the rules is don't ever do drugs. And it's like, Jamie Lee Curtis smokes weed in the first Halloween movie, and then fucking is still alive eight movies later. Yeah. <laughs> I was just happy to get a new slasher. Like, we haven't really gotten yeah. a solid slasher in a long time. Was the plot good? Not really. Was the, like, the action particularly inventive? No. But I really enjoyed the ride. It was a good stab fest. Like, it was a good time. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was awesome. I think it's the best scream since the first one. I did really like 4, though. I know a lot of people didn't like 4, but I thought 4 was sick. Um... Is that the but, one with the girl from Heroes in it? Yes, Hayden Panettiere. I did see that one once. That's all I remember. So, so rating wise, are we rating this bottles of hand sanitizer? Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm down. All right, what, uh, Miles? What's your rating on this one? I really enjoyed this movie. Like, like I said, the plot wasn't that particularly special or anything. Like, there weren't inventive kills. It was just stab, repeat. But like, I enjoyed the ride. It was very well made. Uh, they, they like they kept you guessing, even though you knew what the answer was. They're like, but do you? So like, I'll I'll give this four bottles of sanitizer out of five. I think. Josh. Uh, I'll give it. I just based solely off of how much I liked it. I'll give it five out of five. Like, I know there's there's things that like all the stuff that bothered me. It didn't bother me enough to make me not like the movie any less. I like this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. So, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I liked all the kills. Uh, it's yeah, it's right up there with the first one for me. And uh, yeah, five out of five bottles of hand sanitizer. I think I'm going to go with Miles on this because I also would give it four out of five bottles of hand sanitizer. Be like, I really enjoyed it. I thought the gore was awesome. I really liked all the new characters. But I will say that the plot was very, very similar to Scream 4. 
And that's part of the reason why I like Scream 4 is I felt like they kind of broke broke the mold of the first three. And so this kind of felt like a bit of a rehash in terms of plot. Not that I didn't like it, but it just wasn't like super fresh and like a new kind of idea. So I'm going to give it a four. I would definitely rewatch. I would recommend anybody who likes horror to watch it. But I have high hopes for whatever they do after this. And I hope they continue the series. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I'm not like kill the franchise by any means. Like, it, this is a good movie. I liked it. It, it was it perfect hell no but few movies are but this one doesn't get the kakoa shaw stamp but it's still good yeah and money always talks and this movie's already made a lot of money so it'll definitely this will definitely revitalize the franchise but they definitely need to do if they're going to keep going they need to mix it up a bit now because mm-hmm. it gets it's a little it's already a little too unbelievable at this point that this would continue to happen like so, take take it somewhere else. Maybe they all go to college on the East Coast, and we get a wintertime scream movie. That'd be really cool. All right, well, thank everybody for sticking with us in our Scream Five, aka Scream recap. Here, we all really enjoyed this movie. You should check it out if you haven't already seen it. And keep in mind that life is tough, so why not get? High on horror!